Come in. It's so good to see you. How have you been? I've been absolutely wonderful. I have. I just got back from vacation. Uh, I have to be honest, I've got a little bit of jet lag. But other than that, I feel really good. Mm hmm. Well, jet lag with me is weird. It causes me to be a little bit like, I don't know, it's like a brain fog almost. It's like your brain has to work harder. <laughs> and it feels like it aches to uh, think you're so tired. But you're not tired because you wake up, you sleep more, you're well rested. You're just not on the right Time zone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? That bad, huh? Oh, I know. It's summer, and there's so many noises to worry about around. I hope I can do this for you today and keep you as comfortable as possible. Yeah. I know. It's such a struggle in this world to find something that works for you that allows you to rest and relax yes I did I went to Stonehenge yes I did second time I've been there mm-hmm and that's not bragging there was a reason I wanted to go back mm-hmm I went in November of the year, a few years ago, um, and it was cool, it was a cool day, it was about 50 degrees Fahrenheit, it was a very foggy, mist-covered day, it was so awesome, it was the most perfect day to go to Stonehenge, it was foggy, it was cool and damp, there was a a fog and an air and a low ceiling 
of atmosphere all around and it just added so much mystique and mystery to the site and it's a big a big circle that you walk around the uh, Stonehenge Memorial and it's pretty wide out and we just took in all the people that were there and it's it, it draws people from all over the world people of every language every culture every nation come there all together and it is so beautiful to see every different nationality every different race and well there is no race we're all the human race but every different type of person all in one place getting along talking sharing taking photos for each other it's just such a beautiful sight and it really has a value to me and a purpose things like that are so iconic like Stonehenge the Eiffel Tower the Statue of Liberty just bring so many people together and give them a chance to just be in the same place at the same time and they're looking at something other than themselves and their problems and they're just experiencing life and I like I said I went in a very cool damp kind of dank day in November and you think well that sounds terrible but it was your typical English afternoon in the fall or spring and it just was so beautiful it was so mysterious, foggy, um, and it just added so much air of atmosphere to the whole place. And I wanted to go back in the summer when it was bright and sunny and warm, and I wanted to see how the people acted in the same place with different conditions, and I was impressed. It was ex almost the exact same experience, except you could tell the power of the sun, the beautiful power of the sun above us, did add an element to visiting it over the summer. It was a bright, beautiful, warm day, about 80 to 83 degrees Fahrenheit, so it was pretty warm. It was not humid. It was pretty clear out. Not very many clouds in the sky. The sheep were out in the fields. And it was just absolutely beautiful, sunny day. And the warmth of the sun didn't deter anybody. People were having such a good time, laughing, talking. It was so beautiful. You get natural vitamin D from the sun. And vitamin D is nature's antidepressant. It really cheers you up. And I just felt so much love and joy seeing all of the people there. And we got there right before a surge of the crowd. Uh, where there was a lot of people there all at once. So we got to kind of stay ahead of this big crowd. And they take you up there in these little shuttle buses. So you get there on your tour bus or your car. 
In this case, we the first time we went, we showed up in a car. And you park in a little car lot. Not a little car lot, but you park in a car lot. And you walk up and everything, get your tickets, whatever. We were on a bus tour and already had our tickets. So we went to the shuttle area and then they take you from a shuttle from the uh, like a gift shop and a guest center uh, where they have a small museum. And we went all the way up on the shuttle bus and we were like I said we were kind of ahead a surge in people that were coming so we kind of got to see this group of people kind of start to fill up the circle around the Stonehenge monument and it was so awesome to see the little crows that were there the last time I was there there was these about four or five crows just hanging out I don't know what they're doing if they're looking for free handouts from the crowd, or they just like milling about, and there's lots of um, little foods that they can eat there, like worms and ticks and bugs in the grass, because it is farmland. But they were all around the um, monument, and I took a couple pictures of them, because I think they're so gorgeous. I love ravens and blackbirds and crows. I think crows are, especially American crows, are just so hilarious. They get together, they make noises, they flip-flop around, and they just are a genuinely intelligent, beautiful creature that I think are often, often overlooked for how wonderful they are. And they serve a general purpose in helping their scavengers. They help clean up the environment and they're a very talkative animal, very intelligent, they communicate often, and they work together with their friends and communicate, and they're just so interesting to me. And to see them around Stonehenge, just milling about like another group of tourists, is so interesting, like, oh look, there's some new people here today, I wonder what they're up to. They're looking at us as much as we're looking at them. <laughs> They call a group of crows a murder, and I've always thought that was a funny term, because they're loud and boisterous, and maybe that's why, but I find them a fascinating, beautiful creature. I think they're very pretty, they're very sleek, and they look out for each other, you can tell. They warn each other, they all fly together. I mean, you have a flock of seagulls, they look out for each other, too. There's safety in numbers. But in a way, a murder of crows is much more interesting. And like I said, they do serve a general good purpose in a community. You know, they're, they're scavengers, and they help clean up the environment. So, we circled Stonehenge, and I noticed that... There was as much as there was this huge group of people coming around when we got to the back side of the monument, which I think the further the further you get away from the entrance, uh, you kind of like walk around the back side and then you're real close to like exiting the area. Those are some of the best shots. That's where it starts to look like the iconic photos you see in the, um, you know, pictures online and everything. 
when you first go up to it, it's kind of a funny angle, and you're very close, and it doesn't look, you're very close to it, and it doesn't look like that iconic shot. You see it's very stark and tall and beautiful, and it's kind of a little shocking, you know, it's, 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 you're really up close to it. Now, you are far away, they have like a railing around it, but it feels like it's so much bigger and more massive when you're close to it. I would feel it would be so imposing if you walked up to it, like where you were able to touch it. You wouldn't be able to get like a photograph where it would really look anything less than a stone wall or even a plastered wall when you walk right up to it. It would look just so big, you know, it, it wouldn't give the allure that it does from a distance. It seems like the further away you get from it, the more you can take in the size of it. Because these stones are huge, and they were moved there, and they were erected into this ornate ceremonial circle. And it definitely had a purpose, and it could have served several purposes back in the time that it was built. It could have helped them as a calendar to when to plant and when to harvest their crops and to help them record time. It might have been astronomical to help them teach their children and retain the knowledge that they had built up over generations. But it also might have served a purpose as a defensive zone. The stones are not a fortress, but it would be, from a certain point of view, a very protective circle once you got your people up there and on that rise of the hill. You know, it's on like a kind of a hill, a rise. Uh, it would be very hard to penetrate the area because it's basically the high ground for quite a distance, at least for ancient times. And the people might be able to use it as a protect, protective area. Kind of like a fort, but still fight from it. And uh, it would be a good defensive position, I think, for an ancient people. So, uh, at least I think so. And a circle offers you the opportunity to, you know, see things coming at you from all directions and kind of protect your group. So it might have had, like, several purposes that it served and uh, we don't know how they lived around it did they have I mean we kind of know some things but we don't know everything we do know they have many burial mounds nearby and you can see the mounds now they've been robbed over the years by treasure hunters and the sorts and uh, amateur archaeologists over the years so there really wasn't much that came from those mounds that really helped um, our knowledge beside pieces of pottery things like that anything of of a value that would maybe point in certain directions was all stolen or removed and they're still there though you can still see okay well here was their mounds where they buried their dead and here was their ceremonial area was it ceremonial you know was it a sacred revered spot that they only used on occasions like a church 
is in modern times churches aren't used all the time i mean they may have community centers inside them or attached to them but they're basically used on sunday that's their day of reverence or in certain religious holidays they're not used all the time but was stonehenge that same way or did it have several purposes in the community did they set up you know bazaars around it was a set was it a center focal point or was it a sacred place that you only went to for certain ceremonies and certain religious observances now it did have definitely did have astronomical purposes to it and remember this is just me as a layman talking about it not a research scientist and i don't like to put supernatural uh, reasons or causes on it men built it where there were men and women that felt a purpose and a drive to build this ancient monument they did it all over england it was not unusual to see stone circles monuments all over the english countryside so and they would do carvings of giant chalk outlines of animals and different other things that had purpose and reason and meaning to these people so you know it's not that i don't think there may have been religious or supernatural significance to these things placed on them i just don't think that was the major driving force to it there was a reason they did it for purposes of maintaining their culture maintaining their oral histories they wanted something permanent that would help them record and monitor and push their society forward and I think monuments like this help them show the power of their community, their the power of their leaders and their beliefs and their knowledge, and it help push their communities forward. We don't know everything, but we do know a lot about them, and we know a lot about ourselves. We know what human beings tend to do what they usually do what they're likely to do like i said you know you build a church or a town center and that's where your commerce that's where you come together for community talks for community elections for governance for religious reasons and for cultural reasons and i don't think they're the people back then except for technology and their advancements in science we're not probably as that that much different than we are today they lived and they died in their area they raised their children they taught each other skills they traded their goods and they tried to obtain wealth and privilege and knowledge to advance themselves to make their life better, to make their life easier. And working together in these agricultural communities back in the Stone Age and then the Iron Age, this is how they did it. And it's a beautiful, open farming plain. It was then and it is now.
and the sheep are right there grazing on that land as probably other domesticated animals were grazing and feeding and being raised and butchered and used for their furs and their wool back then and now. I don't think a whole lot has changed in some ways. Human beings are still out there making their way, living their lives, putting things together, and making their lives easier and safer and better. And that kind of brings a comfort to me. It makes me feel good that there is a time and a place for everything in the world. And the efforts that these people went through and the things that they did to advance their society are still being thought of as important today and still being done in the name of community and humanity and advancements to bring the community together and to help it go forward in time. I don't know. I just feel like we're so connected. And that's what I come away from. I don't feel magic. I don't feel a supernatural pull. I feel a oneness with humanity. I feel a coming together of humanity, of community, of men and women. For lack of better terms, you know, being in the same place at the same time and realizing the world is a big place but a small place at the same time. It's smaller communities sometimes and bigger communities, but when we come together, we are all one people. And we can all get along when we focus on one important goal or one important thing. Everything else kind of isn't as important at the moment as being somewhere, showing a little reverence and a little respect for the works of people around you. You may not be the same religion as the people of Stonehenge or those people in, say, the local church that raised this big brick and stone, beautiful church with a gorgeous steeple hundreds of years ago. But you could still admire the craftsmanship, the architecture, the desire, the drive of these people to reach for the heavens with the stones that they pulled from the ground and just make a place of beauty and worship that reflects all of us. The fact that men can come together and build these beautiful objects for others to see, to revere, to just admire. And they stand as monuments to us, not to our gods, not to the God or a creator, but we are the ones who have built the monuments with our own hands and our sweat and our tears and our hard work. And it's a monument to us. And it could mean other things, and that's okay. But what I'm saying is you don't have to be a Methodist or a Muslim or a pagan, or a Wiccan, to appreciate a religious building of any nature, 
or any background. You can appreciate the craftsmanship that went in to laying the stones, building this beautiful monument to the advancement of man and men's society. We've come together and we built something beautiful for generations to see. And that is what I always come away from when I'm at Stonehenge or an ancient church or even something really cool like the Tower of London or the Cathedral Clock Tower of Big Ben or even the London Eye, this massive, beautiful steel Ferris wheel that is just gorgeous to view in the middle of England, in the middle of London, on the bank of the River Thames. It's just so beautiful to see these things, these craftsmanship and these objects of the advancement of our society and men. I'm proud of who we are. Not everything about humanity is great. And not everything about humanity is wonderful. But it does give me hope. It gives me hope. When men come together and they build something. They didn't destroy it. They didn't tear something down. They built something beautiful. Something to be admired. Something to be studied and seen. And, and deciphered and looked at. And it brings everybody forward. It drives imagination. It drives future innovations, future ideas. And I think that is beautiful. And I think that's what helps keep us going. And that's why we keep advancing further and further down the line. Because we see what it's created in the past. And we say, what can we do to build on that? What can we do to go further than that? And once it was just a stone circle to help us mark the seasons and our religious solstices and our agricultural culture and to revel in the fact that we mastered the art of animal husbandry, agriculture, craftsmanship, weapon and tool building, and craftsmanship. That's what Stonehenge really represented. The advancement of human society. And men looked at that and said, what can we build to improve? What can we do to make things better? Instead of a religious circle of reverence and ceremony, let's use those same stones to build walls and buildings and structures to make our world safer to protect our families, to keep us warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And they figured all this stuff out. It took time. It took time and effort and workmanship. And it's beautiful to see these advancements from the earliest days to the modern days. And it gives me hope. Stones, thick stone walls, keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer and now we're building spaceships space 
is a new place for us to conquer. And we're learning how to keep people warm and cool and comfortable in the environments that are harsh, where the environments were harsh back then. And everything has a purpose and a place and a reason and gives you a moment of pause and you think, maybe there are some connections. Maybe there are some reasons we go on and we can never doubt ourselves. And I love that about my fellow human race. And there is just one. There's us. Us against the world. Us against the universe. And we have to learn to find a way to navigate, survive, and make the, our existence as comfortable as possible so that we can thrive. And that's pretty cool. I think so, anyway. I hope you enjoyed our little talk today. And I'm glad you joined me. Thank you so much. We'll get back to massaging, comfort, peace, and sleep aids. Next week will be wonderful. I'll be over my jet lag, over my trip to beautiful United Kingdom, my trip to Stonehenge and London, and we'll be back to normal, yes. But normal is good because you're worth working on, and I want you to have the best life you can have. Let me help you. Until then, I want you to know that I love each and every one of you. I have the best audience. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tiralga Please take a moment to share this podcast with someone who might enjoy it and to rate or review it on your podcast player of choice. Those small things only take a few minutes and they really do help our podcast grow. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library videos online at youtube.com slash Links to connect with us on social media and to take a look at our merchandise can be found in the show notes. The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tiradohueo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels and his entire staff, thank you.